Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The Morning Show. The Home Team. No, it's both. It's the crossover. Crossover, step back. Right here on 960theref.com. All right, this is episode number 178 of the crossover podcast. David Jeff along with you. I'm David Johnston from The Morning Show. Jeff Dantzler from the home team. We are moving right along here as uh, baseball season has moved into weekend number four. And we'll certainly go deep in the weeds on that. Georgia football practice and G-Day is next month. Actually, football practice this month and G-Day next month. And, of course, lots of golf. The first round of the Players' Championship taking place as we record this. And as we always like to remind you, uh, spread the word for the Crossover Podcast. And you can find us in the App Store with your iPhone and Google Play with your Android. This is episode number 178, as I think I mentioned a moment ago. J.D., how are you, sir? That's great to see you, DJ. It was uh, good to be with you on Tuesday. Nice win for the baseball team down in Statesboro. So 10-3 and three with uh, David Lipscomb coming to town this weekend. And uh, one more after that with Wofford scheduled midweek next week. And then the league is upon us. And for college baseball fans, and DJ and I have talked about this for years, it takes so long for the season to get here. But then the fastest part of the year, it seems like we go from week one to week four just like that. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we, we said it this year, that opening week is like, golly, before you know it, Tennessee will be here for SEC play. And sure enough, just one more weekend before the league starts. Never had a season, never had a school year, never had anything like this. And, of course, it wouldn't be – uh, something interesting if we didn't kind of make sure we're breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief. And again, this is Thursday, March 11, as we record this. Lipscomb is either in Athens or on their way. They're going to practice in Athens tonight. They'll be good to go for this weekend. They will be missing a few players, but they'll have the bulk of their team here. They didn't play last weekend. They didn't play their midweek game this week because of COVID issues. And we were worried that it might carry on into this weekend, but Coach Strickland assures us that uh, they feel like they're good to go and uh, we'll be good to go. Got a little bit different look on the mound this weekend. So Luke Wagner is actually going to get the start on Friday night. And we'll see Ryan Webb Saturday and Jonathan Cannon on Sunday. And I like what the coaches are doing. They're trying to get everything situated for next week when SEC play starts. So C.J. Smith has some arm soreness, so we won't see him this weekend. But starting to get that rotation worked out for sec play and coach told us this morning on the morning show that this might be the rotation for next weekend also and you're talking about a true freshman that friday night spot yeah. if that's a situation that there are few and far between that have done that it's very difficult but luke wagner is a tremendous young talent one of those outstanding uh, young freshman pitchers and most of them are, are left-handed uh, but no doubt a, a healthy Ryan Webb and then Jonathan Cannon both are premier prospects uh, getting those two guys uh, into the flow both at 100 percent and 
Cannon started and pitched two innings this past Tuesday. And uh, for Georgia to have a chance to make it to the postseason, DJ, as Captain Obvious here, I mean, Webb and Cannon are going to have to be 100% and are going to have to be at their best. Yeah, they are. And, and it's a lot to ask for, but that's what mm-hmm. you come to. That's right. That's what you come to school for. And that's what you come to play baseball in the SEC for, for this kind of stuff. And I think Ryan would be the first to tell you, and so would Jonathan, that they got to come up big and they know there's a lot of. Uh, important things that people are are counting on them for well you're exactly right and uh, you know and and it starts this weekend like you said this is the final weekend that you want to get everything into shape and pretty much know what you've got going in and uh, the other problem is uh, with all the injuries it hasn't just hit the pitching staff but with the infield in particular yeah George has been really banged up my gut tells me that when we get into the teeth of SEC play, you are going to see Georgia go with a lineup that is primarily, I mean primarily, veterans there. Now, that, that also would include that rotation at catcher where I think you are going to have a freshman and Fernando Gonzalez in there. And certainly you'll see uh, some freshmen. We've seen Luke Wagner play the outfield, Cameron Guidry play on the infield. But I, I think for the most part you'll see at a Cheney Rogers, Riley King, uh, certainly Josh McAllister, Cole Tate, and Garrett Blaylock on the infield. And then uh, in the outfield, again, there, there are some young players that can roll in there. But I think with Randon Jernigan, Ben Anderson, and Connor Tate, those veterans, that probably gives Georgia the best shot. And uh, obviously you, you need the freshmen and those young guys to come there and help you some in some spots. When you're talking about that grind, that week to week against pretty much everybody Georgia plays in the league is going to be in the top 25. And the other thing, too, when conference play starts, all the midweek games and suddenly become Clemson and Tech. So I mean, you're just yeah. talking about top 25 foe after top 25 foe, and that's where that veteran presence has got to be at its absolute best. Good win, though, in Statesboro mm-hmm. on Tuesday, a team that swept Georgia last year. And you know they want to beat the Bulldogs just about as badly as anybody. And uh, it was good to see Jonathan Cannon come out and pitch a couple of scoreless innings and Charlie Goldstein did well in his four innings or good win on Tuesday. Yeah, it was, DJ. And uh, there was, for, for what we're able to have, it was a great crowd down at Statesboro and Georgia and Georgia Southern, a great baseball rivals. They have been going a long, long ways back, and that was a big W. And just kind of thinking about the midweekers against in-state foes all on the road. You know, Georgia won at Georgia State, lost a tough one to Kennesaw State, and then beat Georgia Southern. But I think all in all, and especially when we've seen – this veteran presence and we definitely saw it with north florida we saw it with evansville that opening weekend just because of only having five rounds in the draft last year and georgia southern uh counting the pitcher in the dh they're 10 they had seven seniors so was it north florida did they have what seven seniors in a row they had a freshman seven seniors in a junior on friday and then kennesaw kind of like that all weekend for sure georgia state returned all nine of their starters yeah kennesaw state had i think it was seven seniors and just you know and and for us you kind of go through the boy i remember that name i remember that name well in in any other year most of those guys would have moved on but something you've always pointed out is that for for so many of these kids, this is far and away their best option to play baseball to go this year. <laughs> right now. So come on back to school if for the sure. schools will have you, and if they won't, find one that will. Yeah, for we sure. See, like we see a ton of JUCO transfers and seeing, you know, like a 
fifth, sixth year seniors. I keep a scorebook in my bag <laughs> going all the way back to whoever the oldest player is on the team. So I've got the scorebook in my bag through 2016 this year. Go because Logan Moody. Logan Moody. Yeah, although we haven't seen him yet this year, but uh, – Got the, the that was tw- you know that was five years ago the the great catch it's crazy that he made let's see sixty seventy I said six seasons ago yeah yeah that was crazy. six seasons ago no the it's, catch in Starkville and the drive back no, <laughs> the longest nine inning game in history, history no and kidding Logan Moody's catch and a long drive back it was <laughs> that was some kind of weekend I mean, that was man. so long ago that was at the old duty noble field God, as you they've got a it, new stadium a, a fading, fading bell southern fading bell. southern bell that's what she was well they got but a the, uh, the new one now. is uh quite pretty it, it is quite pretty and I, i'm gonna be excited when we get into league play but i know coach strickland uh, d- doesn't want the guys peeking ahead you know it, it's it's one of those fine lines you walk isn't it in sports where you think, okay we we know what's coming up we got to get prepped for that and we, we got to have all our ducks in a row, but then at the same time, you got to be ready for this weekend as well. And and you know you're going to get a good battle in Lipscomb. I mean, that's a it's a private school from Nashville. They're going to have good players, as we say all the time. I don't care what the sport is, you know, football, basketball, baseball. You play somebody from the South, they're going to have a lot of good players. Yes, they are. A lot of them might not meet the parameters with, with, with the size or, or some of the the, the tangible ingredients that go into scouting but it doesn't mean they're not good players you get late bloomers and you get those guys that have got a chip on their shoulder and of course with Lipscomb all we got to do is go back to 2008 when they put us in the losers bracket in the first round of the NCAA tournament and that was that was a rough road back thankfully we made it back and and wound up winning the regional and the super regional but uh you you know it's going to be a tough one and um, so, so while you, you are setting your sights on next weekend in league play, Georgia's got to be ready for what figures to be a tough challenge this weekend. Well, the uh, Bulldogs uh, will be playing a team that hasn't played this month. So they're, they've come off a, fresh. <laughs> a, long, right. a long rest. They're fresh. They might be a few men down. But you know they're going to be ready to go this weekend and glad to be out of quarantine yeah i I think everybody's just happy to be playing right Mm -hmm. now we do get into it and it's oh yeah we got to win we got to do this got to do that but big picture it was great to have a a terrific crowd this past tuesday even on opening day georgia lost and i know coach everybody was upset that georgia lost but i I still felt like that was a win that day because baseball is a sport that certainly for us and in our situation that you feel like really took it on the chin with everything that happened last year so now to be in this spot with the season in full swing and especially as we tape today on march 11th it was this date last year that was a wednesday night in statesboro when the the, the dominoes started to fall and mm-hmm. the next day march the 12th was one of the the worst days ever so we're, we're right out of year and 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 to be going good and everything i think that georgia's done that the SEC has done. Yeah, there have been some hiccups, and and not everything has been perfect in terms of the scheduling, but Georgia has been A-plus at the top of the list from the various programs to the athletic administration to the university as a whole and uh, the the SEC for what they've been able to do to really maximize the games. It's been absolutely incredible and you know you, you well, take as we out speak, what's the happened SEC with basketball tur- or tournaments all the conference tournaments are going on sure. georgia plays missouri tonight yeah and we weren't so sure if we were even going to see this so I it's know. definitely great to see no it, it really is yeah you, know, you take out the, the shenanigans at vanderbilt and it, it's really 
gone off without a hitch, which also brings us to, I, I just, uh, it, it came out earlier today, I don't know if it went official last night, that uh, something's going on in the world of basketball that feels like an asterisk from 1995, uh, the mm-hmm. year after Duke had gone to seven Final Fours in nine years, but Grant Hill graduated and uh, Pete Gaudet was the interim coach that year. And uh, for Duke, which was probably going to have uh, its long streak of well over 20 straight years of going to the tournament, gosh, maybe going back to, to then, now all of a sudden bowing out because one walk-on had it, I, I thought was a poor look coming out of Durham today. They've just – it's just it – just doesn't seem like it's just been their thing this year. I don't even know how to explain it. I know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that's just kind of what it feels like. Yeah, that was uh, that 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 was a disappointing deal there. You know, everybody's had to deal with, with tough times and daddy. You know, for, for hard times, hard daddy. times, daddy. I mean, for their women's team just to quit. You know, they went through and and, and with the men and um, but then at this point to pull the plug with the ACC tournament, I just I. I don't know. I, I I still feel like they weren't going to make the tournament anyway. I think I, I kind of get the the feel that this was like if you were losing a tennis match seven five five one, and then you quit when mm-hmm. it's five one. Mm-hmm. This is what it feels like to me. And they'll try and throw an asterisk when their tournament streak is well, halted this year. Their game against Florida State goes down as an uncontested. Mm. By the way, earlier this afternoon. Kentucky season came to an end with a 74-73 loss to Mississippi State. Wow, that was what uh, a, just a terrible year they had. Yeah, they really did. And there was a deal there. I know North Carolina's had a decent year, and Kansas is the two seed in the Big 12. But at one point, Kentucky, Carolina, Duke, and Kansas were all unranked. I mean, that's just a, you know, yeah. but, but Carolina. Like the first time since the, oh, the early the 60s, 60s or yeah. something. Yeah. I mean, just, just in like before Dean Smith got to Carolina. <laughs> I mean, just craziness. Doesn't make any sense. No, it's But then it's again, this, yeah, whole, this, this whole year. But whole hopefully year. now, I, I do hope that now we're we're right at a year past when, when all this this craziness started that, that, that it's really a, a moving right. forward at right. this point now. And, and definitely, I, I felt it on – Tuesday night. That was a great crowd down in Statesboro. Diz, and it's funny, they put the students right behind Georgia's dugout. Yeah, yeah. And I don't – and I think it's kind of good. We're, we're going to start seeing crowds coming back. Why not get a little situation where you're, you're dealing with it a little bit because that's what it's going to be like. Now, Coach Strickland said, you know, it's interesting where – the way it was the other night, he wasn't complaining, but when the stadium's not full, you hear every single of little course. thing. That's the thing. Well, we've talked about that before – any athlete or competitor would tell you when you're on the road, you'd rather play in front of a big crowd than a really small crowd because it can be that one heckler. And I, I know just years, say, w- with the lady dogs, you know, you, you'll go on the road. Back when Mississippi State was horrible, we had one of our final four teams out there, and we barely pull it out by like four points. And Coach Landers is just losing his mind. I go, Coach, there are like 150 people in the stands. You got one bozo up there heckling. You can't get him out of your head, and it's it's hard to get yourself jacked up when you're used to having <laughs> several thousand people in there, and it's and, and you got this light crowd. But definitely for baseball, when it is when it's a light crowd like that, there can be those one or two annoying fans that that really can get in your kitchen and grind the old yeah. gears. It's like, would you rather be shooting a free throw with everyone in the building cheering, or with it totally quiet? Would you rather be 
teeing off on a whole sure with the whole crowd or the everybody cheering well that's why i think like the the example you bring up about a free throw i'd rather have everybody yelling against you than if there's say 50 people in the gym and you got this one guy guy. just like hey we were playing at old miss the women were a couple of years ago and i just was about to go in the stands and strangle a guy fortunately after a while Security came in and made him shoot. He would say, everybody, hey, Johnson, 22. When shooting for, your shoe's untied. <laughs> and must have done it like 10 times. It's on January 2nd. It's the day after we beat Baylor in the Sugar Bowl. And after like the 15th time. So, as, I, all right, so I'm not saying he was annoying. He was certainly annoying. But what was he doing to get them to tell him I to stop? I think he was just bothering everybody in the arena. <laughs> so he just was told to stop because he was annoying. Yes, he was annoying. But he so wasn't doing anything technically wrong. He wasn't cussing. He was just insanely annoying. <laughs> but again, if if there are 8,000 people in yeah, there, you don't, you don't hear, hear that guy. That. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, no, I get it. But you definitely... The other night, I kept hearing, Gidry! Gidry! Yes. Hey, Gidry! Gidry! Like, Okay. Gidry! Okay. That one guy. That one guy. Just saying Gidry over and over. And I didn't hear him say anything else. No. He was just saying his name, I guess. No, I guess, you know, then at that point, is that, that's when you kind of think of Putty uh, in, in the, the face paint or episode. Will you sit down? You're disturbing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, well, uh, anyway, so yeah, the dogs in Missouri play tonight in the SEC tournament and. Got football practice cranking up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. G Day is four weeks from Saturday, or is it? Yeah, let's see. Hold on. One, two, three. three I know. Four, five weeks. We got to go. Five week, weeks week. from Saturday. So it's a week after the Masters. The I week believe. after the Masters. So the Masters starts. It's early. Four weeks from today. Correct. Yeah, yes. it's early. And I do like the players being before. I, I, I always kind of thought getting that big event beforehand. Yeah. I was. No, I hate the PGA being in May, but unfortunately, Oof. I wasn't consulted nor they didn't were ask you. you. But but it, it is it is really neat having the players going. Unfortunately, Harris English had to pull out with an injury, but we had ten guys in the field. Ten Georgia alone. Yeah. That's just amazing. And, and what is widely considered the deepest field for any tournament in golf. Oh, and, I don't even think it's close. Right, and because of that, and I'm not saying th- these other tournaments are wrong, but each one's individual. For the U.S. Open, you've got the qualifying. You've got the U.S. Amateur champion. and run, For the British Open, they've got their qualifiers and, and the British AM champions. The PGA has the PGA club pros, guys like Cuts and Joe Devaney and Don Perno who can get into the, which is great. And the Masters, a defending champion, guys like Sandy Lyle. Right. Get Mike Weir get to come and the back amateurs. and play. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. I, and I think it's yeah. five or six amateurs yeah. that, that get in there every year, which is great. Each one's great. But for this, this is the best pros. And what did you say? Was it, what, 148 of the top 150 or whatever it was are in there? So Well, yeah, originally they said 49 of the top 50, and that wasn't counting, I guess. Because Kepka got hurt. Kepka got hurt. And then Hovland pulled out. He withdrew. You said Harris got hurt. Yeah, so, I mean, it's 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 pretty much. It's still the best field. Mm-hmm. That you'll see all year long, just and not necessarily the most intriguing because I do like the, the amateur angle and I do like that, you know, you, you could see in the Masters. Oh my gosh, like Bernhard Longer's, you know, the front page of the leaderboard. That's great. But as far as if you're just looking at chalk and the world rankings, uh, the Players Championship is so strong. And you know, th- this is this is the, the tours event. The Masters is its own entity. The USGA runs the U.S. Open. The Royal and Ancient runs the British Open, and the PGA of America runs a PGA Championship. This is 
the PGA Tours big time event. And it's a great event. And you know, I, I think a couple of other things, it's got you know, outside of Augusta, and, and I think you'd say Pebble Beach as well, for the courses that host an event every year, it's 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 probably the third, if not the second most famous, and a lot of that has to do with number seventeen, and 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 it's also the hard like predicting golf tournaments is ever easy. It's the hardest one to pick because it doesn't favor anyone, and since it went to to the stadium course at Sawgrass in nineteen eighty two, nobody's won more than two. You've had some of the greatest players of all time win. I mean, got guys like. Tiger Woods is one. Rory McIlroy has won. You know, Fred Couples has won it. And then there will just be some names that come out of nowhere. There will be Craig Perks there will winning be. this thing. Fred Funk, who was a fine player, not yeah. he sneaks in there and wins it yep. one year. I mean, it is, you know, Sergio's won it. So yeah. it's, you get some of the biggest things. Example, Paul Goitas lost in a playoff. Which, by the way, Sergio shot 65 uh-huh. today. Maybe if there's anyone that's starting to emerge as someone that likes this, because he's won this tournament once, he's lost it in a playoff, mm-hmm. and he's also got another second place. Yeah, he he always plays well there, and maybe it's just uh, the time that his game is rounding into yeah. form. And I'd like to see Sergio make another run in a major. I, I thought after he won the Masters in 17, we might see him, I think, sniff a British Open, but he, he really hasn't played that great the major since then. But Well, he missed the cut in like seven straight majors <laughs> or something after but, but that. But I get it when it's been so long and you've been so close when you finally get it. I, I'm sure there's a, a bit of a hangover effect, but maybe he's rounding back into form as well. But this is a great event. It, it's always a, a, a favorite of the springtime. And the other thing you get to, now it's it's warm all over the south now, but this thing in March – I mean, I've watched it many times when it's been in the 90s, and it can get cool and windy down Mm -hmm. there as well. But the weather looks good all weekend. The weather looks great all weekend, and hopefully it'll be a great finish on Sunday. All right, Jeff, we mentioned uh, Georgia football, and uh, I was told to ask you this question. Okay. Yesterday, Logan and Josh handled the morning show. Okay. The question came up. Actually, Logan posed it to me this morning, but I definitely said I would throw it at you. After Herschel Walker. Yes. It's funny how many trivia questions have to be. It's Bes- isn't, this isn't a trivia question, by right. the way. This is an Besides opinion him. question. Besides Herschel Walker, or after Herschel Walker, who's the second greatest Bulldog of the 80s? And the first name that came to my mind was Terry Hogue. That would be my answer. Okay. Okay. Good. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Hogue would be. So let's discuss the 80s then and the second best player. Uh, well, and if, you, if we're both in agreement on Hogue, well, then you're, who's third? You're... Uh, that's where you get Scott Werner only played the one year. Right. You Logan got the, mentioned, they mentioned Scott Werner. You got the two kickers who wore number five. Yep. I, and, and I was going to say his butler next. All right there. Freddie Gilbert, Jimmy Payne, Knox Culpepper, Tommy Thurston. Yep. You want to go O-line, Guy McIntyre, Wayne Radloff, Clarence K. That's why we're asking who's number three. Number 24 was really special, too, <laughs> yep. Lindsey Scott. Yeah. Uh, he certainly and, – and he had the backs. You had Hampton. You had Worley. You had Henderson. There are a lot of guys there to choose from. Uh, when you think about what it meant and everything thrown in there together, probably – Butler? I think Kevin would be hard to beat there. I mean, he is in the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. And we are down to the third player <laughs> uh, yeah. of the decade. Yeah, it's – 
It's it's pretty strong. The thing, well, how many guys that played in the '80s are in the College Football Hall of Fame? So we Werner, mentioned Werner, Herschel, Butler, Hogue. Yeah, that's four. Are we leaving anybody out? I don't think so. Okay. Because um, the other thing too, like the staff. Now I, I think Rex would be and Rex on too. the verge. Yep. You know, yep. should should be. But uh, but the other thing too, like in '80, you also had you know Coach Dooley, Eric Russell, and I get it's ridiculous. He's not in the Hall of Fame. And and Bill Hartman, who's also a Hall of Famer, was right. on that staff. Right. So, you know, you got a lot. Uh, Jeff Hip was an All American in 1980. You know, Nat Hudson, Tim Morrison, you know, all the, all those guys. We could we could run through them all. But that that would probably be it. Hampton was my f- favorite tailback yeah. after Herschel until Gurley. I thought he was the best. All due respect to Worley and Garrison Hurst and Noshon and Robert Edwards. I love all those guys. I mean, that's like asking you know, who's your favorite SI swimsuit model. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're all beautiful. But uh, you know, like Kathy Ireland or L. McPherson or, or, you know, Rachel Hunter. But Hampton was my favorite the way he ran. So he, he'd get my vote at, at running back. The thing with Hogue, too, is that I don't think he played at all in 80. Might have snuck in a couple of special teams plays against Vandy. But he he made an impact in practice leading up to the Sugar Bowl, blocking field goals. And so Coach Dooley wound up putting him on the travel squad, and he blocks a field goal against Notre Dame. And he shared time at Rover at 81, and then he won the job in 82 and had an incredible game on Labor Day night against Clemson. And the rest is history. Led the nation with 12 interceptions in 82, finished fifth in the Heisman balloting in 83, which was the highest for a defensive back until, I believe, Charles Woodson uh, when he won the Heisman mm-hmm. in 97. And he, he was just another one of those guys, as we all kind of like Kevin and Rex making the kicks and, and Scott Werner at Clemson in the Sugar Bowl. But it's just so weird because of that 80 signing class. You had the top of the class in Herschel and the end of the class. Nobody From recruited Hope. Terry Hogue. Everybody recruited Herschel. Yeah, yeah. It just shows you how it goes. But th- those guys, the great players, they showed up big in the biggest games. And, you know, we, we talk about it a lot, too. I know one thing for the, the touchdown against Texas when John Lastinger scored, it was, you know, was he going to give to the fullback? Was he going to pitch? Was he going to keep? That was important, but not as important as where was Georgia running? Behind Guy McIntyre. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's first. If we're going to go behind our guy, that's that's first and foremost there. Um, so, yeah, that that was so many great plays. You know, another thing, too, when you look at Georgia's great teams and historically, you, you, you look at the defensive line. Coach, in the late 60s, you know, tell me, y'all, we, we had Patton and Stanfield and Greer and, and Billy Payne and Larry Kahn and, and all those great defensive linemen. And in the early 80s, there was Jimmy Payne and Meek Cleaver Weaver and Freddie Gilbert, three of the best. There are a lot of other great players. You know, Pat McShay, Tim Crow, Robert Miles, Joe Crimmins, a lot of other. But you had three of the very best that have ever played. And it's, you know, it kind of gets back to it. Uh, you know, why those two Giants teams beat the Patriots? Well, they could get to Brady without having to blitz. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and George's, uh, you know, then even going through Sullivan and Pollock in the early 2000s. And, you know, Kirby had a great defensive line back in, in 2017. And you know, hopefully we'll, we, we should have a great one this coming year, too. But that's definitely a common denominator. Most championship football teams are really good on that defensive front. And we were really, really good. We were really good everywhere, but – I think Hogue would be number two. Yeah. And it's a darn good 
Darn good debate. Poor, poor old Scott Woods. I only got to play one year in the 80s. So. <laughs> well, I was starting to think if, if you had to basically, for guys that were playing at the end of one decade, the beginning of the other, I would say which part of your career you played the most in. Right. And if you right. were two years in one decade, yeah. two in the other, you'd round up. I, I would agree so, with that. But, but still for Warner, I mean, that's, that's you know, what he did. split hairs. I you, mean. you are. And, you know, the other thing, too, again, go back to Kevin making the kicks and, and Hogue and the Sugar Bowl and, and the, the, the Tech games and the Florida games and, and Herschel and, and every game and, and Warner against Clemson and Notre Dame. The great players showed up big in the biggest games. Right. Th- those are the legends. Because you know, you know, I think baseball we it's more of a numbers game. You know the stats in football we know some of the stats, but you remember the guys who made the big plays. You know, n- nobody knows how many exact points Michael Jordan has, but you remember you know who, the shot against Georgetown. <laughs> yeah. You remember the be, shot to beat the Jazz. Yeah. You know the 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 the. Well, even for like Butler, like one of most his most famous field goals is one he missed. I know. You know, in the Citrus Bowl. Kicked at 70 and a half yards. <laughs> I asked that him, would have been good from 70. It <laughs> would have been. He, I asked him, I said, well, what did you do? Uh, he said, I told Jimmy Harrell, you put that, you tilt that thing all the way back, and I'm going to just. And he darn near almost made the thing. Yeah. And, you know, the, the kick against BYU was was so special. But, you know, th- those were great teams. And Herschel was just that missing piece to the puzzle. Yep. But, yeah, yep. so I think great minds think alike. Terry Hogue, and that gets my vote. First one to pop in my head and then started thinking about about Kevin and just uh, how incredible those teams were, especially in the early 80s. And it's funny because then the second half of the 80s, it was one of those, like, what could have been. I've always thought from 85 to 88, when I kind of go back through and say wish list for Georgia wins, obviously – Penn State and the three Bama games from the past decade. Yeah. Pitt would be there. But that 85 to 88, and plus for me, I was those years, I was 13 through 16, Coach Dealey's last four years. I mean, Dave, we could go through every one of those losses, those those last four years. Coach, Which were my – those were four of my five college. college years. So <laughs> you're, you're looking at those. That could have easily been regular seed only 10 and 1, 10 and 1, 10 and 1, 10 and mm-hmm. 1. Easily. I mean, just – and that's the one where I hate that we didn't get another couple of SEC championships. You think about, you know, Alabama and Vandy and Tech in 85. and I should have uh, known I was getting in for something or oh, getting into something because my very first game as a student was the Bama game on Labor Day it's night. Like, oh, man. Oh. Well, this is no good. <laughs> Little did I know. And then, you know, I mean, you think David Treadwell beating us back-to-back yeah. years, the 87 LSU game, the 88 Kentucky game. I mean, we were so close yep. to winning three or four more championships yeah. and being in the top ten, and it just almost. Yeah. Almost. Almost. But th- those, are the, those are the years that – you know, if I could go back, honestly, and say have, like, uh, what Georgia did 17, 18, 19, this past year was, was so bizarre. I don't even like to reference it. But, I know. And so, like, hey, if you could have picked a year to have one of those years back in, in, in history, when would it have been? I What I would have given to have had, like, that, that 12 and 2 year in 2019, uh, back in, like, 86, 87, 88. Because we were so close. So close. And, God, we had great tailbacks. <laughs> and Pat Dye and Danny Ford were in here just stealing all our linemen. <laughs> stealing yep. them all. They sure were. 
Mm. And now they get to come back and speak to the touchdown club. Mm. Mm. Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. Well, Pat died doesn't anymore. No. But he did have the, the man enough, so that was a pretty that, good one. I think that helped in 02. Yeah, for sure. Isn't it crazy? That was kind of the first origins of this this show. And I can remember when that happened. Like, we supplied the audio for Coach Rick because, you know, it wasn't like you just get on your phone and go find it. Yeah. I mean, I we, we dug it up, and I don't know if we burned it on a CD or whatever, but got know. it to him. But it, Man enough. And that was that was a monster win. Which makes me think as we get on out of here, better than most. Better, better than, than most. most. Better, better than, than most. All right, this is the hardest one to pick. Somebody asked me back on Monday, who wins the players? I go, I don't know, Daniel Berger. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I know. Who knows? It's just so hard to pick one. I think for the Georgia guys, and and by the time you listen to this, you know whoever I say I'm going to jinx, they probably shot eighty. Chris Kirk's played very well here, mm-hmm. so I'm going to pick him to be the low dog this okay. weekend. That works for me too. It's like I said, Kisner. I don't think he got off to a good good start How today. Did that putt? How did it not, not go, go in? in? And we're talking that was six in, years ago, fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. I yeah, think. Okay, and that was and Sergio was the other. It was Fowler, Kiz, and Sergio. Mm-hmm. Yep. How did that putt not go in? <laughs> I don't know. I. You're talking th- about a players. I mean, you talk about how close Kiz is to having a British Open, a PGA, and a players. And that year he was in what three or four playoffs. Yeah, because like, did Furyk beat him Furyk in the Heritage? Beat him maybe? at Harbor Town. He lost I, in the Greenbrier, I think. Yeah. I, and I want to say there might have been one other one that he I know he, this though. He beat Kucher in Austin, yes, Texas. Yes, he did. That was awesome. And he and Kirby were in touch. <laughs> My <laughs> wife was cheering for Kucher in his semifinal. So we were going to church oh, yeah. and she wanted I go, Kucher. She goes, to get... I want to see you in full like Georgia, Georgia yeah. Tech game day mode. I'm like, Are you sure about yeah, this? Yeah, because you're about to. You're about to see because I guess we must have had a Thursday through Saturday baseball. Yeah. And I said, like, well, if you uh, say, well, as soon as church is over, we're going to watch us some match play golf. <laughs> and it is, it's on. <laughs> Game on. That was great. That really was. Oh, Especially when Kuchar had that little thing he said or whatever it oh, was. Oh, he's just, 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 just not your guy. No. <laughs> no. Not your guy. Not, you know who else isn't? Patrick Reed. He no. is not a former Georgia player. No, that that is one of it. If it was Reed and Kuchar, I'm like, just don't 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 yeah. do that like anti Sophie's choice thing. But the answer would be Kuchar. But don't don't throw a tech guy or him. Like, no, you got to take the tech guy. That's how bad you, it is. Is there anyone you any person that you would take over Reed? As the worst. Well, just like if you said you had to root for player A versus. Patrick Reed, is there anyone that you would root for Reed over that player? No. <laughs> no, that's why I can't think of anybody. I can think of a high school football coach if he took up golf who might qualify <laughs> for it. But, but no, I think Reed That'd be is, some good shenanigans if those two were going up against each other. There'd be some cheating going on right there well, and some good. lying going on right there. <laughs> and mm, Mm, but yeah, that would uh, there'd be some shenanigans for sure. But the thing is too about Reed, I mean, the guy is he's, he's really good. He's a I very mean, good golfer. I mean, it's yeah, that's what you have to kind of remember sometimes. He didn't need to do all that. No, but then again, maybe that's what he likes wearing the black. Yeah, hat. maybe that's what motivates him. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Mm. It's an 
interesting thing to look into. Yes, it is. And he will be at the Masters for a long time. Oh, that was bitter. January 8th, and then April the 8th. We also talked about this one morning. That uh, what if you just, you know, you had just a regular patron's pass. You showed up just wearing a green jacket. And uh, you you get in, or I mean, I guess they let you in. You're walking sure. around. People think you're a destination. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Good to see you. Does anyone not ever try that? You never I, see that. I don't know. Maybe I, they don't think too highly of that if you try that. I, well, I guess they've probably got a particular crest well, that's there true. that also. There's probably some like laser. <laughs> What's the password today? <laughs> but you know, Joe fan that's had yeah five or six hey man have a member here he's not gonna know (laughs) just throw on the green jacket there and (laughs) just roll on in like you walking down there have have, not like and i'm I'm not saying like trying to get in anywhere just walking around the grounds yeah if you did just go around start shaking people's hands (laughs) got a cold beer and a pimento cheese sandwich (laughs) how's everybody doing today that's fantastic that could be hilarious well i've always said if you wore and Dave, we've been to a million sporting events. If you put on a coat and tie and act like you know what you're doing, I think you can get into any sporting you can get event into in the world. A lot of things. I, I really do. A I think you can get things. into the Super Bowl. I think if you put on a suit and just, if you got there, say early enough, just walking in down oh, yeah. around the TV trucks. Hey, how's it going? Yep. I can get I, it anywhere. I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah. Well, episode number 178. Not that we're encouraging trespassing here. <laughs> the crossover podcast. Dave and Jeff along with you. And again, you can find us in the App Store with your iPhone and Google Play with your Android. Just rolling right along next week. We'll be gearing up for the first weekend of SEC Ooh. play for Georgia baseball. We'll know who won the Players' Championship and whatever they're playing. What are they playing next week? The Honda Classic? So, oh yeah, that's right. I guess with the heritage moving, that is, that is. Yes, uh, the heritage is always it after back the after the Masters again, yeah. though, because yeah. they had moved it to June. So the match go- play the week after that, then the Texas Open, then the Masters, and then the, and heritage. Then the heritage, which is the same weekend as G Day. Yeah, I, I, I just blank for a segment with the players. So there, that again, that's a great tournament too. That's yeah. one of Jack Nicklaus's. It's the, the moving the PGA Championship squeeze the field to squeeze the yep. the calendar too much mm-hmm. and there are a lot of great events and even a cuts has talked about it some too kind of after this swing in our neck of the woods the colonial and byron nelson are feeling it yep oh absolutely absolutely and it's gotten so popular so big every tournament wants every good player and they can't play in every single one and it just i've always said now and i grew up in statesboro georgia so for me like that the players and then having the Masters and the Heritage just a few weeks later. It just blows me away. Like, God, if you played the Masters, especially what if you won, then you get to go to Hilton Head. But, you know, a lot of those guys don't play yeah. that. I'm like, how could you not? I know. I, it just it seems like you'd want to just decompress and play Harbor Town. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> sounds like a good thing. Absolutely. All right, we got to go. Enjoy the Jets. to go. Catch you next week. But uh, had a lot of fun here today. Look forward to the next episode of the Crossover Podcast right here on 960 The Ref and the 960 The Ref app. You've been listening to The Crossover on 960theref.com.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.